Leafs fam, what is up? This is the Leafs Convo. I am Norman James. The Marlies are going through to the Calder Cup final, sweeping away Lehigh Valley like they should. Nine straight wins. Are they going to win the jug? Let's hope they do. Mike Augello is standing by. We'll talk about that. Plus Lawrence Gilman joining Kyle Dubas' front office staff. And I'm going to throw some trivia questions at the master to see if he really knows his Maple Leafs. It's really obscure stuff, but it's lots of fun. Mike's ready to go. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. What do you say? Let's leave combo right now. And here is the man, the myth, the magic, sometimes tragic, but he's always a legend. The one and only Michael Agello. How are you, Mike? Good morning, Norman. Um, well, uh, it, I'm I'm fine. I'm uh, looking forward to a long weekend here in Western New York, and uh, actually looking forward to the Toronto Marlies uh, going to the Calder Cup final for the first time in six years. I envision a Norman Rockwell painting when I think of long weekends in Western New York. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, but go ahead. <laughs> the Marlies, a three-one winner over the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, who are literally ghosts now because they are done. Their season is over. The Marlies nine and zero on a run that's just totally epic, and it just seems like it's not going to be stopped. On their way to the Calder Cup final, uh, really, really, really impressive stuff coming out of Allentown, PA, with the. Uh, the sweep on their way back to relax for a little bit and then the big championship finale series here in the next week or so so uh, give me your assessment on this well Sheldon Keefe made an interesting observation after the first round when they lost two road games in Utica uh, came back one game five and moved on and said that that was sort of a wake-up call after a team that had won 30 road victories, which I think is an AHL record during the regular season. And and if you notice, I mean, they've played pretty well at home. They've Actually, they've not lost at home, but the game, a couple of the games have been close, even going to overtime or double overtime. But on the road, since that Utica series, they went into Syracuse where they were dominated last year. And I know it's different teams, different players, but they shut the crowd up early in both of those games in Syracuse, won both those games in, in, in Allentown against the Phantoms. They were very systematic. They got a goal early in, in game three and sort of coasted from then on. And yesterday it was a closer game. I think the urgency was there from, from Lehigh Valley not to get swept, but in the end, you know, the, the, the quality of the Marlies and especially Andreas Janssen, who scored the, the first two goals shown through. Texas and Rockford are still trying to sort out their di- dis- or differences rather. And I remember Texas and Rockford as a, a mid seventies cop drama, sort of a Carl Malden kind of yeah. streets of San Francisco sort of thing. And now the two of them, have come together to collaborate for a a conference final in the AHL. Is this essentially, you know, whoever wins this series earns the right to lose to the Marlies? I hate to get ahead of myself, but, geez, this team looks like an unstoppable force. I I would never say that because uh, first of all I don't know a ton about Rockford and uh, and 
Texas. And obviously I know that, uh, mm-hmm. that the Texas stars are the affiliate of the Dallas stars. And I know that a couple of years ago, the, the Marlies went down to Texas and, and lost to them. And I think it was in the, uh, the conference final. <clears throat> and you know that, I mean, I'm, there, there were probably no players. I I'm pretty sure that was Steve spot. That was this coach that, that was the coach at that time. Um, so, I mean, there's not really a rivalry there, but I mean, I, I think it'll be a, a challenging series. Plus it'll, you know, with the distance between, uh, I think they play outside of Austin, Texas. Um, it'll be a two, three, two series. So the Marlies will have to hold serve in the first two games, Saturday and Sunday at Rico Coliseum and then have to do what they did uh, against uh, both Syracuse and, Le- and Lehigh Valley, and, and that's dominate on the road. If they can do that, then they'll win the Calder Cup. You have used that, that phrase or that scenario before on Twitter. Um, who was it? The, uh, there was a series taking place, and then you mentioned that whoever wins the series earns the right to lose to Tampa. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have, I, you, you have used that before. I'm calling you I out, have. Mike. I'm, I'm no, well, about so you can apply. Funny. You can apply that to Texas and Rockford. I mean, we don't know much about them, but wouldn't it be so disappointing for the Marlies here to to have this nine and zero run, to do what they did in the regular season, to have all of these really sharp, uh, almost blue chip type players doing their thing, hungry to get to the NHL level, wanting to mm-hmm. to put this feather in their cap and then to fall apart in the final. I mean, st- stranger things have happened, but. It almost feels like it's the destiny of Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Marlies to wrap this thing up. And at the end of the day, most of us aren't that keen on supporting or getting too hyped up about the the minor league affiliate. So to win the championship here is Mm -hmm. not only valuable for an organization that wants to progress and and continue to build, but it's also sexy too to win a championship. Uh, The more championships, the merrier. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it will be a feather in the cap of Kyle Dubas as he ascends to the GM. And he's already the GM, but I mean, he'll be taking control as GM of, of the Leafs after being GM of the Marlies. And I think his, you know, his fingerprints are all over this team. Um, and I think it's good for, I mean, just think of a guy like Timothy Liljegren. Uh, he, you know, he gets drafted in the first round last, uh, last June in, in Chicago. His stock had fallen. Uh, he was supposedly a top five pick and then slips to 17th overall in the span of a calendar year he's been to a world junior gold medal game and now to a calder cup final in the next year or two when he ascends to the maple leaves that is experience mm-hmm. that is invaluable so i mean i think that not only for him but for other players who who aspire to be maple leafs in the next year or two this is this is gold to, to mm-hmm. play in a calder cup final and to be tested in this way is is something that you, you can't buy it's something that you earn and uh it'll i think it'll be sold out at rico coliseum next weekend mm-hmm. and i think it'll Why be not? really good hockey absolutely um the nhl guys are golfing or traveling or doing whatever they want to do with all of their money the prospects are keen on winning a calder cup and why not if some of these guys may not get to the nhl this is a huge thing for them uh, get a ring i mean it's to say you're a part of a, a championship team uh, under sheldon keith put together by kyle dubas heck why not we'll talk a little bit about emily rassin in, in just a few minutes so his situation the the, the finished draft pick of the toronto maple leafs two years mm-hmm. With the Kingston Frontenacs, um, looks like he's going to be headed back to Finland. But I wanted to ask you about the 
the triumvirate now. Kyle Dubas, Brandon Pridham, and Lawrence Gilman coming in from mm-hmm. Vancouver. Canucks fans will rip on this move saying, oh, he didn't do much for us or he did in, 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 in sporadic moments help the team. But overall, he's left the Canucks in worse shape than, um, he, than it was when he started there. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't really care about that. Kyle Dubas, I trust his judgment. And obviously, he's bringing in people to fit a mold, to, to do something specific, to help complement what Kyle has planned. Tell, tell me about Lawrence Gilman. Why do you think this uh, trifecta, Pridham, Dubas, Gilman, could work for the Maple Leafs and help this team get to where it wants to go? Because we know what it's all about right now, Mike, taking that next mm-hmm. step towards true contentionhood. Well, first of all, I think that there there are more moves to come. I think they will add at least another. I don't know if it'll be assistant GM or director of scouting or something. Of you know, this is the you know, the, the assemblage of the of the Leafs management staff is not over with. I think that they may bring in somebody with experience. But I mean, everybody that I've talked to, everybody that I've uh, heard comment about Gilman has been that he's a, a a really good, really sharp hockey man. Now he, mm-hmm. you know, he was a assistant GM under Mike under Gillis in uh, in Vancouver and I know that you know the, the stigma of that but you know the years that he was there as his right hand man he he did get and he he's responsible for a lot of player contracts he got players under uh, pretty good deals taking taking less money which is something that you know the, the Leafs are probably going to have to do to you know extend the length of their uh contention hood as you call it mm-hmm. um and i i think you know he he's well respected he's got a lot of contacts and with with a young general manager like dubas i think it's necessary to have somebody who has you know his uh tentacles out into the league he's worked for the league he's worked for the the arizona coyotes he's worked for the canucks he helped plan the expansion draft which i think for if you look at the results of vegas going to the stanley cup final has been a pretty great success so i mean i i I think this is a good solid hire and he's a he's a really sharp guy and uh, you wouldn't expect anything different from kyle dubas to bring in somebody who's sharp well you know he's sharp because he is fully on board with working under somebody who is i don't know how kyle dubas is much younger than lawrence gilman but um is clearly younger and has no i mean it's not a shot to the ego as a matter of fact he probably looks at it as a real privilege to to join a team led by one of the sharp young minds of the game same for brandon pridham pridham's the a guy who we i mean we we kind of give him the the moniker of capologist and i'm sure he's going he's eager to expand his role but knowing that kyle dubas has the you know, just has the belief in somebody like Pridham to, to elevate him to the AGM position and to allow him to do more and have Lawrence Gilman come in after he's worked, you know, with the league and planning the expansion draft with the Canucks. Now a part of the biggest team in hockey uh, working with one of the sharp young minds of the game. I mean, this really got to be a invigorating for, for somebody like Gilman to come in and, and to, to help, uh, you know, augment this crew that Kyle Dubas is putting together. It's exciting times for him. It's exciting times for us. Um, I, I, again, I mentioned this to Gus Kitseros on our, our last Leafs combo. You can find that on our YouTube channel right now. Um, for all of the pomp and pageantry and the hype and the expectations um, that uh, Kyle Dubas has uh, around him and this in the, in the position that he's in right now, just sh- show me results, man. 
whether it's uh, elevating prospects from the Marlies, scouting uh, players that uh, might be hidden gems, the savvy signings based on you know uh, the the salary structure uh, that they're working with, the parameters that uh, either are obstructive or um, are, are allowed the the organization to to make interesting decisions. Just go and just go and do great things. Go and go and help this team. Um, get to the next level. Uh, before we go, we're also going to play a little, um, a little kind of a trivia contest thingy with Mike here that I've, I've concocted. It's called Famous NHLers Obscure Leafs. So, Mike, start racking your brain right now as okay. uh, we, as we as we push forward. So, we're going to do that before we uh, wrap up, and we're not going to go too long today. Another uh, eight or nine minutes. I just wanted to thank everybody for their support of the Leafs combo on the YouTube channel. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's astounding. And uh, we're just not stopping. So tell your friends about this. We have a lot of listeners who listen to us and uh, have not made the commitment to subscribe. That's fine. I think as time goes on, people are going to subscribe more and more because Mike and I are in this to win this. And we're just about providing Leafs content, commentary, and of course, conversation. And we're just talking Leafs, man. Um, so Emily Rassanen, What's his situation, Mike? I'm just looking at his numbers with the Kingston Frontenacs. Uh, 66 mm-hmm. games played, 61 games played, um, 39 points, 33, uh, 33 points. He is uh, a big defenseman, six foot seven, 226 pounds. I'm, I'm liking the size. I don't know what his mobility is like. He was a second-round pick in 2017. Uh, word is that he's going to, to play with Jokerit. Yeah, the de- decent mobility. I've seen him at the at the rookie development camp. Uh, he made the world junior team for Team Finland uh, as a as an extra defender as an eighteen year old, and then they adjusted their roster just before the uh, the tournament, and he then got dispatched. But I probably think as a nineteen year old, he's going to be on uh, Finland's world junior team. Now he you know he he had a decent year with the, with Kingston. He's been sort of tagging along with the Marlies during their playoff run, which is what they do. They they bring the young guys in and give them a taste of what mm-hmm. you know life in the American Hockey League is going to be. Be, but you know with the with the with the Leafs, you can see that he's a developmental piece. He's somebody that I think they think needs a couple years. And if you have the opportunity to have him go to play at home in in Finland with Jokerit in the KHL, playing against adults and retaining his rights and also you know uh, i i think it's it's a it's a it's a no lose i mean he he signs for two years they uh they apparently all they have to do is offer him a contract which i'm sure they did to extend their rights from just the two years which you know would be would mean he would have to be signed before next summer otherwise he'd go back in the draft they it expands from that to 2021 which is four years so Mm -hmm. um so he'll he'll play two years in the khl he'll probably play in the world junior and then in 2020 they the Leafs probably sign him to the entry level deal they might even send him to the entry level deal next year and it just it uh, kicks over one more year but I think that they're, they're looking at him as, as a long-term, not project, but somebody who just needs to develop and somebody you know, as a bigger player just needs that experience. Mm-hmm. But I think he's on their radar, and I, I, you have to say that you have to be, I would say, being enticed by the fact that sure. he's a six foot seven defenseman with size and he plays with a rough edge. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a guy that, that they think they need, but it's going to take a little time for him. When I see somebody that large – obviously it's you're curious 
But I want to see mobility. I want to see fleet of foot. I want to see a, a player who can fly. And when you're that big, it's a little bit harder to, to skate like the wind. And this is all about us being, being agile, um, you know, b- being ready to, to adapt. And clearly sk- skating is a, is a very important thing. As a defenseman, it's, it's, it's crucial. If any NHL, you've got to be able to skate. I mean, the, the days of players who could snipe but just weren't great skaters are, are long gone. And, you know, with his size, clearly uh, there are some real pluses to his potential. But, I mean, if, 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 if he can't skate and he's not mobile, I mean, that's a, that's a massive knock against him and he's not going to progress much further. But, but this is the fun yeah. part about this organization right now, Mike, is that we have a team at, at the top that needs some tinkering, needs some augmentation to take that next step. But it's, it's on its way. It's there. It's there. I mean, we're not looking at it saying to ourselves, oh, my goodness, there are so many holes to fill. And I don't know, maybe right. we should maybe we need to go through another rebuild or half tear it down. No, this team is almost it's 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 nearing contentionhood. I don't even know if that's a word, but that can be our word. Um, yes. And then you have you well, have the, sorry, you have the Marlies at, at almost at the point of winning a Calder Cup. And then you have all of these young players uh, scattered mm-hmm. across the globe that Kyle Dubas is now trying to, to rein in and get a, a good understanding of. This is a, lo- a lot of fun. I have a couple more questions before you before we go, but if you wanted to expand on that, go for it. Yeah, no, I, I just think that, and you're going to see the change in the in the Marley's structure, um, I think, going forward. I mean, right now, this year, you've had them depend on a lot of sort of veteran guys like Ben Smith, um, you know, Colin Greening, and, and and that's all fine and good. You know, they're, they're good veterans. They provide structure. They provide support. But I think that the the, the developmental aspect of the Marlies is going to be ramped up even more under Dubis going forward. You, you had guys like uh, Adam Brooks and Jeremy Bracco who barely played the first half of last season because of the fact that, you know, they had, they were so deep and only when like Andreas Janssen and other players got called up to the Leafs, did they start to play and play well? I think that, you know, some of those veteran guys, Martin Marins and that type of, you know, defenseman, uh, um, you know, Ben Smith might be going to Europe. There's been some rumors about that, that, you're going to see the young players get more opportunities. And you've seen guys like Jesper Lindgren, who was a draft pick from 2015, get signed recently and, and Pierre Engvall as well. They're going to play They're going to play a lot with the Marlies next year. And, and one of the reasons they, they probably signed off on Rassanen playing in Finland the next two years is it again, takes his contract off the books for, for right now. So they don't, he's not on the 50 contract limit and he gets more playing time and they have enough young defensemen right now that Mm -hmm. they're going to put through the pipeline that it probably is beneficial to have him play over there and have guys like, uh, like Lilia Grin and Lindgren playing with the Marlies. You had me at Ben Smith's European adventure. Are we going to give him a little camera and have (laughs) him just record all of his debauchery and trials and tribulations and debauchery? I don't don't know. (laughs) You don't want to see that. Hey, this is, this is the Leafs Convo. I'm Norman James along with Mike Agello. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. It's just, it's amazing. It makes us want to do more and more and more when we see the response that we're getting. And it's just cool. We're just uh, talking Maple Leafs, man. So Mark Hunter took his uh, stick and puck and went home. Um, And now uh, three Leafs picks, uh, Pickenich, Middleton, and Mattenen. Uh, Their draft rights expire June 1st, if not signed. These guys, obviously, these players have ties to the London Knights. So, obviously, this isn't this isn't posturing on Kyle Dubas's part. I mean, he's not 
sending a message to Mark Hunter, you know, get out of town and all of your, all of the players that were a part of your organization, we, we don't want to be uh, associated with them any longer as either. Uh, this is just business, right? Well, yeah, I also think it's a, it's a symptom of the fact that the Leafs are a very deep organization and they just simply don't have the room to sign everybody. And you know, one, of the, one of the models of the Shanahan-Dubas era has been to get players locked up on AHL contract, <clears throat> if, if at all possible. Now, Pickenich, as you know, mem- it was a member of the Memorial Cup winning London Knights team in 2016. Oh, wow. um, he played, he, 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 signed he wasn't a, a hunter year... pick either. He, I don't think he was a hunter pick. Wasn't he? He was a, was he not picked? No, he was a, he was a, he was a, he was a known as, he was a known as pick. Yeah, he right. played, but, but uh, you know, he was at BU and then went, then went to London under Hunter uh, t- uh, the next, the next year yeah. and his, and played. Anyway, I think he was their captain uh, last year, but uh, he signed a two-year AHL contract. And from the indications that have been, uh, from the reports that have come out, he's going to stick with the with the uh, with the uh, the Marlies and the Leafs organization on that AHL contract. So he's not he doesn't need to be signed to the entry level deal. And then they'll see what happens after next year. He's only twenty one, going on twenty two. Yeah. The other two. The other two, Matinen was a London Knight prospect who got moved to Flint and now is playing for Hamilton in the Memorial Cup. Um, his agent is reporting that he will talk to the Leafs after the Memorial Cup and maybe a deal will get done. Uh, Middleton is going back in the draft. So, I mean, this is, you know, one of a, a number of draft picks that, you know, I mean, not all of them turn out. And the, the Leafs had so many picks in that 2015 draft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them just fall by the wayside. And that mm-hmm. just is norm- normal. But, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens before J- June the 1st. But it should be interesting to see if they get Matt and uh, locked up on a contract. All right, Mike, I want you to scour your Leaf knowledge. Are you ready to play famous NHL or obscure Leafs? Sure. The Leafs combo started with Mike and Norm just a few years ago, but it's you who will take this podcast into the future thanks to your amazing support. We'd like to offer special recognition to Dr. Faisal Rahman of London, Ontario, for his dedication, commitment, and contribution to this podcast. Dr. Rahman has been a major backer of sports projects, ideas, and innovations throughout London and beyond. His involvement in helping the growth of the Leafs combo is not only appreciated, but a true honor. Thank you, Dr. Faisal Rahman. And we are back. Michael, you ready to go? I want, I to, test your, I want to test your Leafs knowledge. Okay. All right. <laughs> these, these might be softballs. They may not be. We shall see. And you will be judged and admonished or lauded. I played for the Maple Leafs. So this is famous NHLers, obscure Leafs. I just made okay. this up last night when I was half asleep. It'll okay. probably not work, but we'll give it a shot anyway. So I played for the Maple Leafs in the 01-02 season. Four games. I was a goaltender. I had won two. I lost two games. I had a 9.09 save percentage, and my goals against average was 2.74. I played four games for the Leafs in mm-hmm. the 01-02 season, so most likely uh, in 2002. What is yeah. my name? Uh, that goaltender. would be goaltender. That would be former NHL Calder Trophy winner and two-time Stanley Cup winner Tom Barrasso. Woohoo! Congratulations, Mr. A. Yeah, Nicely well, done. 
He was well, the fifth I mean, overall fifth overall pick in '83, and I'm looking at these stats through Hockey DB. I mean, one of the greatest resources any uh, hockey fan uh, could ever utilize. So, the 1983 draft: Brian Lawton, first overall pick; Sylvain Turgeon, Pat Lafontaine, Steve Eiserman, fourth to Detroit, fifth; Tom Barrasso, and hey, Toronto took Russ Courtnell with the seventh pick that year. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a bad pick, and remember, it's funny because I obviously I followed the NHL. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Sabers had six first round picks mm-hmm. in three years, and mm-hmm. I'd say arguably three of them are Hall of Famers or Hall of Fame caliber. I don't think Brasso will ever get in the Hall of Fame because are those the Scotty Bowman years, Mike? Yes, Was he coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Scotty Bowen, GM as GM, yeah. and yeah. You know, so he took he took Housley, Anderchuk, and Barrasso, but mm-hmm. Barrasso's uh, caustic personality may keep him out of the hall yeah. for a while. Yeah, I, is Scotty Bowman on, when you know when when his numbers are finally dwindling? Is he going to admit that his one great regret is not? Leading the Buffalo Sabers to a Stanley Cup championship. I mean, well, you know, it's like, I won, I won fifteen cups, but it was the one I didn't win with Buffalo that will always. Well, when Scott, when Scotty gets away from the bench, that's the yeah. problem. I still think that you know he was a, a phenomenal coach, possibly the best of all time, but it, he was an average general manager at best. You look at some of the minds. picks. Yeah, you look at some of the picks that he made in in, in <laughs> Buffalo. You know, Yuri Yuri Dudichak, who was a first round pick, who was a who was a, ch- a check, and they expected him to defect. And I think his I think his father was a colonel in the KGB, so it's like it wasn't oh, yeah. going to happen. So anyway. Well, yeah, <laughs> the first round this nineteen eighty three draft, of course. Um, Tom Barrasso picked fifth. Russ Courtnell to the Leafs at seven. Two picks later, Cam Neely to Vancouver, and Buffalo had the tenth and eleventh pick that year. Norman Lacombe. And Adam and, Creighton. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Bruce Cassidy, uh, the uh, 18th pick to the um, Chicago Blackhawks. 21 teams that year. All right, so, Mike, uh, you're one for one in famous NHLers, Obscure Leafs. Tom Barrasso was the uh, answer. So the, the next one, I played for the Leafs 80 games between the 2000 or 99-2000, 2000-2001 season. I had okay. fif- 15 goals, 24 assists. I was a plus 16, and I played uh, with the Leafs in one playoff run, 12 games. I had a goal and two assists. I played from the 99 to 2000 season and then into the 2000 season the next year, 2000-2001. Famous oh. NHLer, obscure Maple Leaf. Forward. Forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he had... He played five seasons with the Washington Capitals. He played with the Kings, the Bruins, and then he went back to the Capitals. And then, of course, he oh, wrapped up his oh. season with Metalurg yes. Magnitogorsk. Yes, the the almighty Dmitry Kristich. Yes. Bang, 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 bang. Way to go, yes. Michael. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, because every time you bring up and this, uh, when I wrote a, wrote columns for Hockey Buzz regarding the biggest mistakes that the Maple Leafs made, the the Dimitri Christus situation was always mm-hmm. near near the top because there was some sort of loophole. I never got the the actual uh, situation uh, straight, but basically um, the Leafs he was with Boston, and the Leafs were going to sign him. And uh, it was a loophole that they eventually gave Boston a second round pick instead of just filching them off their roster. But the the one thing that was uh, that 
wasn't pos- positive was the fact that when they brought him in, Steve Sullivan, mm-hmm. who was uh, who they had acquired in the Doug, in the Doug Gilmore deal, was essentially released. And he was picked up, I think, by the Chicago Blackhawks, either Chicago or New Jersey. And, of course, Sullivan went on to be more successful in the NHL sure. than Dimitri Christian. Sure. So, yeah. Typical. Those those weren't the days, Mike. And it's amazing. I thought Dimitri Christian played for the Leafs in the mid-2000s. It's just the years are piling up on us. Before we go, Vegas Golden Knights, Washington Capitals in the Stanley Cup final. I have to go with – I want the Capitals to win because, look, Alan Silvechkin – one of the greatest scorers ever. He's provided us with so many incredible highlights, incredible hockey moments. The least we can do is keep our fingers crossed so this guy can win a darn cup, right? No, um, no, not not for me. I, I've never, I, <laughs> Thanks, don't, don't get me don't get me wrong. He's he's an he's an immense he's an immense oh Hall of Famer. Sure, I I've never I've I've never liked him as a player. I, I in terms of the his his attitude. I mean, just oh, on attitude. the ice. Okay. I know not I know nothing about him off the ice. But I'm just saying, you know, he's he's one of these guys as a superstar player who probably should have been suspended uh-huh. two or three times for cheap shots and hits. Uh-huh. That wasn't because he was a superstar. Now, do I think he's you know an all time great? He could be the sure. he's probably the greatest sniper of this generation. Probably rivals guys like Mike. Bossy and Guy Lafleur, but I honestly don't want to see him win a cup. I would like to see the the Cinderella story play out. I, I I'm full on for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. I know that some people, some members of Leaf Nation, are not because they see 51 years of ineptitude yeah. or, or frustration, that's, that, and that's they and, come on, man. Yeah, and, and it is. And honestly, it's like, I mean, you know, that that's not the fault of the Vegas Golden Knights. That's the fault of the <laughs> Leafs organization yeah. not being able to put things together. So I, I, I'm, I made a prediction uh, yesterday, and I'm sticking with it. I have Vegas in six games. Fine. Fine, Mike. Don't agree with me. Have a good, <laughs> have a good one, buddy. We'll collab soon, okay? Thanks, Norm. What'd you think of my little game show creation? Famous NHLers, obscure Leafs. Did you like it? Do you have any players who come to mind that we can stump the great Mike Augella with? DM me at I am Sports Heart. We'll go from there. I just wanted to say thank you again for all of your support from our podcast on Anchor to iTunes to the Mothership, the YouTube channel. Things are blowing up right now. If you've subscribed, we appreciate it very much. If you're thinking about subscribing, just go ahead and do it. It'll be worth your while. We have so much great stuff in store. It's all about Leafs content, commentary, and of course, conversation. For Mike Gagello, I'm Norman James. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.